There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, Grant. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Shoe here on My Talk 1071 and Pew Pew. That was Josh, actually. What did I say, Grant? You said Grant. I've been doing that all day. When Grant was in here to do blind items, I was calling Grant Josh, and now I'm calling Josh Grant. So I wish I looked that handsome. Oh, Mr. Grant. <laughs> You're both handsome. Who are you kidding? Okay, special guest, Pew Pew. Uh, his name is handsome. Oh, well, thank you. His actual. Oh, were you talking about Paul McGuire? This troll in the corner. <laughs> Please. No, stop it. You're not a troll. Oh, you look you. very dapper today. You're wearing a nice thank suit you. jacket. You must thank be you. Uh, heading to Twin Cities Live later. Yes, I am. Four o'clock. Well, we're not going to talk about Absolutely them right now because we want you to tell us all about the Emmys. And Colleen, I know you asked him a very specific question. Uh, or a set of uh, information you wanted from him about the Emmys, this uh, the well, announcement that came out this week. Yeah, so the Emmy nominations came out. And listen, we don't like the word snub on the no. Colleen and Bradley show because uh, a snub, I, that that sounds like somebody's trying to do something rotten to you. And that's not really what it is. But I would call them omissions. There were some omissions this year. Right. So I want to talk about some things that I think we feel are omissions. Some that I thought, oh, that's a surprise. That's an omission that we thought were great. And then maybe talk about why does that happen? Like, what what goes on behind the scenes of award shows that, that may have caused that? Okay. So let's start off, Colleen. I know with a show, a performance that you and I both loved, we were tweeting about, and this was Mandy Moore's performance in the final season of This Is Us as Rebecca Pearson. I for me, cannot believe she did not get nominated for Best Actress. This was her best season Yet. And when you said her name, I my entire body lit up with goosebumps. I mean, absolutely. This is an, an egregious omission because I think that she did. She got better as the seasons went on. And I think how you know that is because the writers gave her more and better material that was so mm. gut-wrenching. And to have the show essentially end in such a pivotal way with her. It didn't end with the train episode, but like just to see that was so... Mm. I don't think you would have expected that when they said, oh, Mandy Moore is going to lead the show six years ago when this kicked off. I mean, she deserves it. You know, she really did deserve, she deserved a nomination. And and the thing for me, the hallmark of a person. So the thing about uh, This Is Us, if you didn't watch it or somehow have like lived under a rock and avoided it. Altogether, it makes you cry. I knew that. It makes you cry a lot. But also the character of Rebecca, all of the characters go through an aging process. But the character of Rebecca really is the is one of the only characters who you see through that is always played by Mandy Moore. So she goes through so like through makeup 
um, and et cetera, you know, the magic of Hollywood. She is everything from a 20-something to a 70, 80-something. And, and the, the hallmark for me of a really good performance is that I bought it all. I didn't think, oh, that looks like Mandy Moore in makeup. I Correct. bought her as the elderly character Matriarch. of Rebecca yeah. Pearson. So yes. can I ask then why you think that she was not uh, com- uh, included well, in the nominations? Yes, because I think that people, I think that Emmy voters are probably like, oh, it's the last season. We've already have awarded this show with number, numerous no- nominations for Shirley Brown. Or you may just have people that never got on bar with it, weren't going to even give it a try for season six. And then they probably thought, oh, Mandy Moore, there's others out there that we'd rather watch. Mm. So you have people, here's who is in this category for best actress in a drama. Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. Laura Linney for Ozark. Incredible in that final season. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. And then Zendaya uh, for Euphoria. Now, Zendaya won two Emmys ago, I think it was, for Best Actress. So she could win, I think, you know, her second. And she's also a producer on Euphoria. So I think mm. she is like breaking grounds for being like one of the youngest Emmy producers. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm not sure who mm. will win this year. Could be Zendaya. Who, yeah. who else do you think uh, was not snubbed but omitted? Wow. Glaringly okay. from this year's Emmy nomination. You know, I will say that I think that a lot of people went into this season of Stranger Things coming out of it right around Emmy voting. And it was really only volume one that was eligible for the Emmys this year. And a lot of people were so obsessed, as I was, with Sadie Sink's performance as Max. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure if she was up for supporting actress or lead actress. I think supporting. I don't know where they categorized her. But I was surprised that she didn't because this season really rested on her shoulders as Max. And with her scene in episode four, with running up that, Kate Bush is running up that hill, became this Mm -hmm. pop culture phenomenon. And that's largely due to Sadie Sink in that performance. Mm, Okay, that's good to know. You know, here's my question really quickly on that note for you, Paul. You said that volume one was eligible for this year's Emmys does that mean volume two could still be nominated next year I think it could be I mean date date wise now I don't know since that's only two episodes and the back end of a season if that would be eligible right there's a lot of technicalities that come in with the Emmys and the voting periods and when shows run if you guys are just if joining, that makes sense. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Paul McGuire Grimes a little early today because we wanted to get his feelings on some of the omissions from those nominated or not by uh, by the Emmys this week. And we'll talk about movies and other TV things uh, when we come back. But I did want to ask you too: if not an Emmy nomination, do you think anyone that was omitted might be recognized later in the year um, at any of the other awards? You that know, go out to here's TV? who I think we could see later on, maybe at the Screen Actors Guild, the Golden Globes. Maybe Michelle Pfeiffer for the First Lady. That's a limited series, um, mm-hmm. as she is Betty Ford. She carried that show. I need to the watch first, that. I she's amazing. It. And my pick that got an omission that, I, that no one really talked about was Anne Hathaway in We Crashed. Mm. Again, another oh. limited series. And that category was so stacked this year. I mean, you had people like Lily James for Pam and Tommy, Julia Gardner inventing Anna, Tony Collette, The Staircase. Sarah Paulson for impeachment. That's a stretch, in my opinion. She was great, but no one watched it. Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. Margaret Qualley for Made. Again, that category was the one that everyone had their eyes on because everyone was going for it, essentially. Well, there were some amazing performances, and I'm glad you said something about Anne Hathaway's performance in um, The Dropout because she was stunning in that role. She truly lived that role. Right. 
All right. When we come back, you're going to tell us uh, about where the crawdads sing, and we're going to talk persuasion. A little on... page to screen adaptation weekend. Fabulous. Yeah. When we come back right here on My Talk 1071. He's back. He's our, never laugh. He's our own poltergeist <laughs> here on the Colleen and Bradley show. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies.com talking about TV and movies. All right. We talked about the Emmy nominations, Paul. Now you're here to uh, tell us what's available this weekend or what we should keep our eyes peeled on this yeah. weekend. Where do you where do you want to start? Let's start going to the theater. There's a really big movie opening in theaters this weekend. A lot of people have their eyes on, and this is called Where the Crawdads Sing. It's based on the massive best-selling novel by Delia Owens. It's been on the top of the bestseller list for like a record amount. Reese Witherspoon found it, read it, put on her book club. She's actually one of the producers of the movie. And it's this 1960s mystery romance thriller. Like you, It feels like such a beach read. And it's about this body that is found at the end of at the bottom of this fire tower, and how this you know outcast woman, um, nicknamed Marsh Girl, is then of course scapegoated and put on trial for his murder because she used to date him. That's all I'll say about the plot. Interesting. I'm so glad that you gave us that thumbnail because, and I didn't read the book. Uh, I didn't either. Uh, even though I feel like I'm the only one who didn't read <laughs> this book. Did you read this book? Colleen? I didn't. No, I okay. didn't. Actually, it's been on my to read list, and um, I for some reason the plot never sings to me until mm. you just said that, Paul. And now I'm like, wait a minute, why haven't I read that? Right. Well, and I'm, that's why I'm glad you gave us the thumbnail because now I, I feel like, oh, okay, so now I don't have to go like read what the story is about because I, I've had this awareness that this movie was a thing or was going to be a thing based on the book. And I was like, what's the deal about, like, what kind of movie is this? Because that'll determine whether or not I want to go see it. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's a thriller. Thriller, romance, because so it's it's structured as this courtroom drama. You know, she's on trial. And the majority of the movie is this flashbacks. Her as a child, abusive father. And then the romance, the, the romantic kind of triangle, if you will, with her first boyfriend, of course, leaves for school. She starts dating the new one. The new one is found dead. So throughout this whole thing, like, well... Who did it? Who killed this guy? And what is going on with these relationships? So it has that kind of patroner feel, but I think that the pace of the movie kind of starts to dip in the middle mm. as you're like, okay, oh. I need these characters to be a little bit more three-dimensional. Like, I get the mystery of the murder, but I want the men, I want there to be more mystery around these men. I felt like the director's like, here's how you should think of these men, and that's it. And well, I think the main, the woman, um, her name is Kaya. She's played by Daisy Edgar Jones. She is phenomenal. You like she's such a compelling, intricate performance. And the movie's really about identity and how they were so quick to label this young girl all her life, like make lies about her. The trial becomes about hearsay and rumor. And yet you have this bro, like the victim is this bro-like guy with horrible behavior. And of course, he's lauded. He's how dare he, you know. Anyway, so I think the movie itself is a lot about identity, and the murder is kind of a second piece. And, of course, Mm. you find out at the Mm. end what happens. And, of course, it's that twist ending that I definitely fell for. Okay. All right. Ah. I'm excited. Yeah. So it's definitely Um, we're seeing an... an, uh, Sorry. Go ahead, Colleen. Oh, I just was going to say performance-wise. Are there, like... I mean, you you mentioned one kind of breakout performance. So Daisy Edgar-Jones, she was in Normal People on Hulu, if you saw. She's a British actress. Mm -hmm. She was also in this movie called Flesh. I think she's got a big career ahead of her. And then Taylor John Smith is the... Uh, is Tate the first boyfriend? He's got like just those cute boy next door good looks. He's great. And then David Strathairn, who you will definitely recognize, is the lawyer, in it, and he is he is great as well. So good performances, even if it's kind of drags in the middle, and you 
kind of left wondering, Ooh, what is this? Who done it? I just like a good twist. And, and like whether it's reading the book or watching the movie, which is now in theaters. I mean, this is just great to have in your back pocket. Yeah, and it looks gorgeous. I mean, this environment of her living in the marsh, what the marsh environment does to a person mm. is it's I mean, it's it's well shot. Colleen's too. always wanted to live in the marsh. She uh, talks about one it. with oh, nature. Absolutely. absolutely. Three out of five ticket stops. Yeah, you for that. know me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's where the crawdads sing. Three out of five, you said. Yes. yes and yes, yes. Uh, did you do an interview with the cast at all? That's on I your YouTube. I wish not oh, for this one. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, I've, you... I've had a bunch this week and coming up, so keep your eye out. For he does have weeks. all of the reviews on his YouTube. Go subscribe, like, and subscribe. Now let's go to Netflix. There's something we can watch. Yes, this is called Persuasion. And if you are a fan of Jane Austen, this is one of Jane Austen's novels written mm. after her death. Or it came out after she died and it stars Dakota Johnson actually as um, Anne Elliot who has was pining after this guy Wentworth and he she was persuaded not to marry him eight years later she still wishes she was with him he all of a sudden arrives back into town and she's in love again but then someone else wants him and then you've got oh Henry Golden coming in as Mr. Elliot that is kind of putting another twist in this story okay so I will say Jane Austen devotees if you're a massive Jane Austen fan know that this movie is kind of given a little bit of a, a contemporary feel you've got mm. uh, Dakota Johnson talking to the camera um, much like kind of you do in a modern day sitcoms, she's addressing the camera. She's kind of a fumbly. She's great as this character Elliot, but you know, as Anne, but she kind of has this contemporary aura about her. You don't necessarily think Dakota Johnson, period, British drama. No, but, no. But I, I enjoyed her in it, and I've never read the book, so I'm not really comparing the book or the movie. So just kind of go in, and there are parts that are a little cringy. You know, don't watch it with like a 2022 lens on gender roles and relationships. I will say that. Like you kind of have to so, just, yeah. I have heard from um, non, like people who are casual Jane Austen fans, not mm -hmm. like the hardcores, right? Right. That this is the worst adaptation of a Jane Austen novel See, ever. I mean, and I guess I don't really know, because I don't, I have not read Jane Austen. I don't really know why that is. Now, maybe they didn't care for the guy that plays Wentworth. He's got those, you know, those rugged looks. I was debating if they were, he was right for the Anne character. And then Henry Golding got some charm, some dapperness. He's kind of second fiddle in this. So I, I, again, I don't know. I can't compare it to other adaptations to, to know if this succeeds or not. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought Dakota Johnson was great. I'm getting, I'm only getting a three out of five ticket subs. I think it's worth watching on Netflix. So that's persuasion. And I will say it like I am not a Jane Austen devotee. I don't right. really know my way around a Jane Austen. Some of my best friends are not Jane Austen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I do love a good, um, you know, British period drama. And um, it looks, again, looks gorgeous. Yeah. So, I mean, it like I'm just looking at stills from the movie and they all look fabulous. Yeah. And so. good people to look at, too. And I think you will fall for them as a couple. So, again, I'd be curious to see, like, what did you not care if, if these the people that didn't care for it? Is it because, you know, the novel really well? Mm -hmm. Is it because you've watched the Kate Winslet Sense of Sensibility? You know, the Pride and Prejudice with um, Colin Firth really well. And again, what are you looking for? A straight forward by the book adaptation or do you want something that takes a little bit of liberty and it's kind of a mix i mean clueless and fire island both jane austen inspired right. movies yeah. but by far different than their source material and this mm -hmm. is a little bit in the middle it's still a period it's drama like, but it's contemporary sounding in a way i don't want to say it's like shakespeare when people sort of have their own adaptation but it kind of is in the sense that the story is it's like do you love the story or do you love the like 
um, you know, all of the like things, the, setting. the traditional right. telling of yeah. the story, yeah. right? And again, I'm a massive Shakespeare nut. So like, it depends on what they're going to do with the material and how far away they go from it. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it or not. Yeah. I mean, I, people would be, you know, amazed to learn how many stories are based around like Shakespeare mm-hmm. uh, plays, but don't look or sound anything like them because they're just, you know, based on the story itself. Right. And, mm-hmm. How many tickets have three out of five for persuasion? Again, if you just want something light in the background, that's Jane Austen and Frothy and Period. You need something light in the background. And if you like Dakota Johnson, watch Cha Cha Real Smooth on Apple TV Plus. Another movie that came out a few weeks ago that's great. Got a lot of buzz at um, the film festival circuit. I that comes highly recommended. My partner just watched that and he said he was blown away. He was not expecting it and watched it and was delightfully impressed. I'm glad that Dakota Johnson is getting some of these opportunities. Oh, completely. She got done dirty with uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Absolutely. And I think that she has really proven herself outside of that trilogy. What's coming up on Twin Cities Live? Today we're going to talk about Stranger Things again and my interview with Joseph Quinn. um, And then Craig. Oh, my God. Can we just swoon for like a half hour? And then Where the Card Outs Sing and Persuasion. Awesome. You can see all that on (laughs) Twin Cities Live later today uh, on KSTP Channel 5. When we come back, Paul, thank you so much for being with us. As always, crazy, stupid idiots, dumb people doing dumb things. We'll tell you about them right here on The Colleen and Bradley Show. Welcome back to The Colleen and Bradley Show. It's Friday. I hope you have something exciting planned. You're going to eat something yummy uh, or just like kick back and sit on your fanny and enjoy the weekend. But right now, Colleen, we got to get to those dumb people doing dumb things. We call them crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present... CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida. Sometimes other places. Like, for example, Atlanta. Atlanta, GA. What's going on yeah, in Georgia? Atlanta, Georgia. Hey there, we're Georgia girl. Going to an area of the uh, Atlanta area called Lithuania. Nope, Lithonia. <laughs> Good one. It's like a Lithuania is a little further no, east, but. That was my bad. I read it wrong. It's literally Lithonia. It's about 15 miles east of Atlanta. And uh, here's what had happened. Um, there were a couple of army recruiters who were headed to work in their strip mall location on Tuesday morning, and um, they heard this as they got to work. Help! Oh, oh. Help! <laughs> oh. Somebody helped that person. They were, like, they were like, what is that? Well, they tracked down the noise, and it was coming from a person. I would hope, otherwise... Was- it's like a right. talking animal. What? And the guy was stuck in the Little Caesars. Okay. What? So there's a Little Caesars in the strip mall near this recruiting, uh, this uh, Some, army recruiting. Somebody was stuck in a Little Caesars? And the guy was stuck in the Little Caesars. He wasn't just stuck in the Little Caesars. He was stuck in the exhaust pipe that's connected to the pizza oven at the Little Caesars. Oh, it's one of those guys. Yeah. He thought that he was going to maybe, I don't know if he was going to steal money or pizzas or pizza pizzas. (laughs) 
at the Little Caesars, but he thought the best way to get in would be to shimmy down the exhaust pipe. But the problem is uh, he got stuck and he had been there for several hours. Oh, my God. So he was stuck in a Little Caesars and couldn't eat any pizza. That would be torture. I know. So one of the army recruiters um, kept him talking and the other one went to get help. Um, The guy who was stuck said he was in pain and was having a panic attack oh well i wonder the why firefighters i know had to cut the exhaust system to get him out then they had to take him to the hospital because he had friction burns Ooh, that's gonna linger um unfortunately the little caesars had to close for the day so they weren't able to get anything hot and fresh oh um i think all them sad and, uh, people who wanted their pizza know, pizza they just, wanted, they just wanted their pizza pizza hot and fresh um, however, he is now facing charges. We don't know which ones, but um, the Little Caesars has gotten everything fixed. They're back in business. Good. So if you're in the Lithonia area, maybe help them out. <sighs> okay. All right. Um, oh, I just want pizza, basically. You should have gone to Pizza know. Court for this one. Pizza's Court. Yeah, well, he will be in Pizza's mm-hmm. Court, right? Yeah. For sure. That's for sure. All right. Where are we going to where next? Are we going next? Oh, wait. I'm telling you. Iowa! Iowa. Actually, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But the story came verse from uh, Rock Rapids, Iowa. So, you know, news. I want to tell you about a 41-year-old uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota lady who was arrested around... Oh, no. She was a Sioux Falls... You know what I mean. She's mm-hmm. from Sioux Falls. This happened in Iowa. And basically, she was charged with theft. First degree theft, operation without a registration card or plate, no valid driver's license, and failure to provide proof of vehicle liability insurance. Now, Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff, but basically, it means she stole a car that wasn't her own. Okay. Okay. And it all stemmed from her driving a 2007 Chevy Suburban to the Lyon County Sheriff's Office. Okay. So she literally drove a stolen vehicle. To the sheriff's office. office. Why she did those things or that thing is what earned her crazy stupid idiot status. Oh, she had an emergency and that was the closest restroom. No, she, this has nothing to do with her innards. Uh, at least that I'm aware authorities discovered, uh, her in the parking lot after she tried to do something it's what she did that earned her crazy stupid idiot status. so what what do you think was her the reason for her intentional visit to the sheriff's office what if i told you she had a boyfriend um, i was gonna say was she trying to turn somebody in for something other way around or i should say he was uh, trying to- the opposite of that she wasn't trying to turn somebody in she was trying, she was trying to-, to report report something nope she's trying turn herself in she, nope she wasn't trying to turn someone in get him out she's trying to get yes him out. queen you yeah. got there she was trying to oh gosh, bond charades. i'm so bad at it well i know it's really hard especially when it's just words but she was mm-hmm. trying to bond her husband or excuse me her boyfriend out of jail basically she was trying to bust her boyfriend out of jail and did so by rolling up in a stolen vehicle okay Now, uh, it sounds like authorities discovered that she uh, did not have the ability to drive a vehicle and wasn't able to provide actual documents for the vehicle she was driving. 
And that's when they realized it was stolen out of, oh, wait for it, Worthington, Minnesota. <gasps> wow. So she Looking on her round. So from South Dakota, she made her way to Minnesota, allegedly stole a vehicle, and then went to Iowa to try to get her man out of jail. Now they're Oof. both in jail. Bye. Well, they're back together. They're yeah. just not on the right side of things. Probably in separate cells. I don't think they will. Oh, I you. hope that Worthington person got their car back. I know, right? All right, oh, where that, are we going yeah. next? Okay, we're going to Wales. Wales! Mm-hmm. Where we meet 42 year old Lori Rosser. Hello, Lori. And he got pulled over last month. Um, it was about 2 a.m. Okay. when somebody called the cops and they said, um, hello, hello. Uh, there is a van missing two tires zipping down the highway. Without tires? Without two of the tires. Oh, my God. Yep. So 42-year-old Lori Rosser was uh, driving a van with two missing tires at 2 a.m. down the highway. It was his front and back left tires missing. So he had fully blown up tires on the right side, but on the left side, he was driving on the rims. Okay. Turns out he'd blown both of the tires. But then he kept driving for another 10 miles. Okay. When he was pulled over, which I don't think was a difficult endeavor, um, they asked him if he'd been drinking. And he said, yeah, I've had two beers. Okay, so that seems open and shut. Yeah, except for that the breathalyzer showed that he was twice the legal limit. Oh, my God. So those are big beers. Yeah. So not only is that, I mean, that's just all very, I mean, it's kind of garden variety. Like the two missing tires is kind of like, whoa, that's a little, that threw me for a loop. But mostly that's a garden variety story. It's the excuse he gave that makes him a crazy, stupid idiot. Like why he drank or what? Well, in court, he said all of this happened because he had COVID. It turned out he tested positive the day after he was arrested. COVID makes you drive on a flat tire? The lawyer claimed it made him, quote, cloudy-headed, and it, quote, affected his decision-making. So COVID is the reason he drove, Okay, so first of all, you're probably not supposed to be driving, right? Because you're probably supposed to be in your home if you just tested positive for COVID. No, so he got pulled over, though, before. So just, you know, in his defense, he got pulled over at 2 a.m. the day before he tested positive. So this is all the court. Oh, so this was like like, after the fact. They're like, oh, surely it wasn't the alcohol he drank. Right. It was the COVID that made him make bad choices. Correct. Wow. That just sounds Mm -hmm. like a wonderfully convenient excuse, which probably has nothing. I've never heard of people driving while COVID, meaning like getting into accidents because like, oh, I got COVID brain. Like the brain fog is a real thing, but I don't think if. Yeah. If it's if it's that much of a thing, just don't get in your vehicle. Right. Like if you know that. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think it's like two days in you get the like severe brain fog such that you're like exactly crashing cars. I mean, exactly. look, anything can happen in this world. Monkey pox. True. Stay safe. Uh, good news. Oof. The good news is the court didn't buy any of it. Uh, he's been fined three hundred fifty dollars 
And his license has been suspended for 17 months. Okay, good. Stay off the road, sir. Mm-hmm. 